Welcome back to another edition of the N1 Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Injury, and once a week, I sit down and talk NBA basketball with a guest. And joining me on today's episode is Dylan Dakota. What's up, Dylan? Hello. Uh, he actually owns a sports Instagram account as well, where he talks stats and analytics. Uh, his username is at destination underscore scouting. So go follow him there uh, again at destination underscore scouting. And real quick before we get into today's episode, if you listeners have any questions, make sure to DM me on Instagram at the N1 podcast. My DMs are always open and I'm always willing to answer any NBA related questions or just anything to do with the podcast. Uh, all right. So it is currently July 11th, 2018. And this is season one, episode five of the podcast. Today's episode is titled L.A. Braun, because today Dylan and I will be covering a few things regarding LeBron's move to Los Angeles, how his move affects the Eastern Conference, as well as the recent talks of a possible Damian Lillard to L.A. trade, which happens to be the first topic of today's episode. So, Dylan. Yes. Will the Lakers trade for Damian Lillard? And if they do, is Damian Lillard a good fit? Let's hear what you got to say first. Okay. Well, how I feel about that situation is that I don't think the Trailblazers are going to trade him to the Lakers due to them being in the Western Conference and not trying to create a super team with LeBron and Damian Lillard. Um, if if it does happen, I think that um, Damian Lillard wouldn't be a good, great fit because LeBron makes everybody better, but the problem is Damian Lillard is one of those players who likes to be the number one option. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see where you're coming from a little bit. Um, I, I honestly... I personally think that Damian Lillard and LeBron James will fit perfect together. I think if Damian Lillard understands his role under LeBron James's wing, then he'll be fine. And I think that when, when in Portland with CJ, they were a great combo. I don't think that it was really Damian always wanted the ball. I think that he understood that both of these guys, guys have to work well together if they want to even fight for the playoffs because they don't have anyone else besides a little bit of Yusuf Nurkic to help them go anywhere in the playoffs. They got swept by New Orleans. So yeah. so I think that Damian Lillard would accept his role in L.A. knowing that LeBron James, the greatest basketball player in the world, uh, he'll, he'll understand that. You know, he can be that sidekick. He can kind of fill that Kyrie role like there was in Cleveland. And then there's a, multiple other pieces that L.A. has brought in, uh, whether it's through the draft or through this free agency with Lance Stevens and Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee. And then we know about Hart, Ingram, and Kuzma. So multiple pieces, if everyone touches the ball, if ball movement's great, if Lillard, like I said, knows his role, then I think he'll be a great fit. I think everything will work out. I think the Lakers, all they're missing is just one more star, and I think that star needs, needed to be, have been DeMarcus Cousins down at the five. I think if they would have added DeMarcus Cousins, they could have easily taken on the Warriors. But now with JaVale McGee down there, I think that just one more star anywhere now that they can't get DeMarcus Cousins – would, would be great to help and take down that warrior squad. So, um, yeah, not too much to say about that Damian Lillard trade. There hasn't been a whole lot. I just kind of want to touch on that real quick before we get into LeBron, LeBron's move to the, uh, to the West. So unless you got anything else on Damian Lillard, I guess that's all I got. Yeah, I think I'm good as well. All right. So, yeah, final consensus on that. Not too much to say. There hasn't been a whole lot of news about the Damian Lillard trade, but uh, I, I think you'd be a good fit. Maybe not so much on your end, Dylan, but, you know, we'll see. I don't even know if it'll happen yet. There's not, like I said, not a whole lot of news around it. Yeah. So um, with LeBron James moving west, who do you think is now uh, the best player in the Eastern Conference? And and real quick, I think it, it boils down to three guys, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kyrie Irving, and Joel Embiid. So uh, before I give my take, I want to hear yours. 
Okay, yeah. I think those three players are probably are the three best players you can choose from. But in my opinion, I think it's going to be Giannis just with a weak Eastern Conference and him just struggling struggling because of the Eastern Conference last year was a, was difficult. I think that he can take over the East and just become a, a straight-up one of the best players in the world. I agree. I think that he is already a top-ten player in the league. I think I have him around seven. Um, and I think it, it, it really is the undisputed best player in the East. That's just my opinion. I think that his all-around play, uh, very good on the defensive end. If he had a jump shot, I've been seeing a lot of Instagram posts lately. If Giannis had Curry's three-point shot, he'd probably be the best player in the world, maybe right behind LeBron James if people still want to say LeBron's first, and that's fine by me. Uh, and I agree. I think if Giannis had a jump jump shot, he would be a top three player in the league right now. And and he's and he's already number seven for me. And so I think very great on both ends of the floor, him needing to be the leader at such a young age and really steps in and holds it down for Milwaukee. Now, I, I don't think that that squad has enough around him to help them get to the finals. I think the Celtics are a very well-built organization, very well-built team with Brad Stevens back there. I think that that – they're very, very well. They very, they play very well as a team, and they have multiple assets to use. And I don't think that the Bucks have that. I don't think that they have a whole lot of assets. They've wasted their money on a lot of guys like Del Vadova, John Henson, and they have a lot of veteran players and not a lot of young assets. Lots of picks like Danny Ainge has acquired. So, I, and I, I, you know, Joel Embiid still has a few years left before maybe we can consider him the best um, if he really keeps improving and stays healthy. So. I think it's by far Giannis right now because Kyrie is really just too inconsistent and he really isn't the far best player on that Celtics squad. I haven't really seen a whole lot from Hayward. He only played 10 minutes last season. So, I mean, an Embiid, really him and Simmons are neck and neck right now. I say give it a few more years before Embiid or even Simmons is the best player on that Philadelphia team. So, I think Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the Easter Conference. Uh, I, th- I think you agree as well on that one, Dylan. Yes. All right. So um, now with, with that said, I, I guess I just went on a whole spiel. Uh, a lot of people do think that Kyrie Irving is the best player in the Eastern Conference right now. And a lot of people do think he is a top five player in the league right now, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. I think that he is too inconsistent. Um he lacks leadership, which is a big one for me if you're going to be a top player in the league. Now, don't get me wrong. I, th- I put Kyrie Irving at, at 10, and, and if, if you were to put him anywhere between 11 and 15, I'd be fine with that. Uh, but top five is just, I think, a little ridiculous. One of my buddies, I won't say his name. I don't want to expose him. But he's also uh, an NBA analyst like myself who has Kyrie Irving as the third best point guard of all time. Now, I think that's just a little little much. I think that Kyrie is pretty far from being a top five point guard of all time, but that, I just wanted to show other people's point of views on, on who the best player in the Eastern Conference is, and a lot of people think that it's Kyrie Irving. A lot of people think he is much better than he is. I think that he he's really a scoring guard. He can facilitate if he wants to, but if the coach went out and told him, if the coach went out of his way and, and told Kyrie, hey, we just need you to score, then Kyrie's going to get one assist and he's going to go out and score 30 points. I, I don't. I think if he were a little bit taller, if he were 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, then he should play shooting guard. I think that it would just be better. He could he could ISO very well. 
we have, say, someone like Chris Paul brings the ball up the court, feeds it to Kyrie. He gets that ISO going and, and can get an easy finish. But I think Chris Paul is, is hands down a better point guard than Kyrie Irving. And and Kyrie Irving's pretty far from that second spot behind Chris Paul and then Curry being one. So I just wanted to kind of go at other people for saying that Kyrie Irving's the best player in the East. I, I think that he's far from it. I think Giannis has a lot more traits on Kyrie than and Kyrie than a lot of people think Kyrie has. So um, unless you got anything else on that, on that debate, uh, I was going to move on to the next topic. Yeah, I'm good on it. All right. So uh, will LeBron James go down as the greatest Laker of all time? Um, a lot of people already have him as the greatest Laker of all time. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you give your, your two cents before I throw in mine. Well, what I think about the conversation for LeBron's the greatest Laker of all time, I don't think you can consider him. He's obviously the best player to be considered a Laker, but I don't think you can consider him the being the best Lakers player due to him not being there for his partly, mostly his career. I would put probably Magic, Kareem, Will, and and maybe Kobe above LeBron. But, yeah, I I just think that's kind of bogus that people are saying that LeBron is the best Lakers player of all time. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say the the same thing you were saying with – with people already considering him one of the best Lakers of all time. I think that, you know, since he hasn't even put on that Lakers jersey yet, since he hasn't even stepped foot on that Staples Center floor uh, in a Lakers uniform, I think that we have to wait and see how he does as a Laker. One of my arguments was, you know, Michael Jordan was the greatest bowl, Chicago Bowl of all time, arguably the greatest player of all time. But was he the greatest wizard of all time? I think that if John Wall can stay healthy for the most part of the rest of his career and he stays in Washington, then John Wall will go as the best, go down as the best wizard of all time. But, you know, I think that just because at that time, the greatest player of all time and Michael Jordan moved to Washington, that didn't mean that he was the best wizard of all time automatically. I think that, you know, when you go to a different team, give them, you know, five or so years, or in LeBron's case, maybe just three years to let them play out that with that team and determine where they are, uh, where they should be on that list of greatest players on that team ever. Now, with that said, I think that, you know, LeBron isn't even on that list of greatest Lakers of all time. I would probably, I would say Magic, Kobe, Will, uh, maybe uh, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, if I'm missing anybody, correct me, but uh, that was just off the top of my head. and Or Kareem, excuse me, instead of, we'll move Kareem for Will and then Will for uh, Elgin Baylor and West right out at six. But, I think that, uh, like I said, you know, you can't consider someone the greatest player of all time on that team if they haven't even played for that team yet. So that's my final consensus. Um, not a whole lot to say on that. I mean, uh, we, we, we touched up on, on who ranks around him. And, and another question I have is, how many rings do you think LeBron James will win with the Los Angeles Lakers, Dylan? Um, I think about maybe one. But that's, that's depending on how the Warriors kind of keep their team together with the cap issues with how DeMarcus Cousins took a small contract, but that's only for one year. And and if he, if he w- ends up wanting a bigger contract, they're going to have to move some pieces around to try and fit that, or he's just going to have to leave. And they may lose some pieces in Draymond Green and Klay Thompson due to them not not wanting to spend their whole career being like the third, the second and third options or fourth, if you consider them that. Yeah, I agree. I think that next season, next offseason, like you said, DeMarcus Cousins is only on contract under one year. I think that next offseason, my prediction is at least, 
DeMarcus Cousins resigns for multiple years and Clay Thompson leaves and goes to L.A. to the Lakers. And I think that LeBron James can get two or three rings with the Lakers. I think that with those young assets up and coming, I think if they're able to keep uh, Lonzo, um, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, um, bring in Clay Thompson, and maybe even Kawhi Leonard if they have the money, then I think that that squad is going to win two or three rings, uh, even up against that Golden State Warriors squad and even up up, up against the up-and-coming Boston Celtics squad. Um, even if Kyrie leaves, I think that Tatum, Brown, Rozier, uh, if they bring back Smart, a lot of those younger summer league guys, uh, if they put in the work, Gordon Hayward will be there. Um, if Al Horford can still hold it down on, on the little things, you know, that don't show up on the stat sheet and on the defensive end, then, you know, there's going to be a lot of tough opponents ahead of them. But I think that LeBron James being the greatest player in the world can really take all of those assets around him and, and top off those couple of teams right there. Um, but there will be a lot of game sevens here in the near future. I, I think with all the up and coming super teams now trying to take down the Warriors. So uh, I, I predict at least two or three rings out of LeBron. You say one, that's fair. Um, depending on what the Warriors do, I believe I, I agree with most of what you're saying. So uh, touching up on, on LeBron James being the greatest player in the world, in my opinion, um, who is your early pick for the 2019 MVP? If you got one. Well, my pick for the 2019 MVP is probably going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Just for the weak Eastern Conference, I think he's going to thrive under like the weak different defenses of the East. I think he can carry the Bucks even with Eric Bledsoe not playing as well as he used to, and Jabari Parker may be leaving. And then you have um, Chris Middleton, who's pl- played very well for them, but he hasn't really fully developed. I think that team. I think he can carry that team to at least the third seed under probably the Celtics, 76ers, or maybe the Raptors will slip, um, get in there somehow. I, yeah, I agree. That's that's pretty fair to say that Giannis will win MVP. But the way I look at it, and I've complained about the MVP award multiple times, uh, the MVP award goes to one of the best players in the league on the best statistical team on the league. Last year, the Houston Rockets had the best record in the entire in the, in the entire NBA. Uh, James Harden had a phenomenal season. Now, do I think LeBron James deserved it? Yes. Harden had a phenomenal season, and he was on the best team in the league. So that is why he got got awarded the MVP, because it, it is not so much it, – it really has never been given to the most valuable player. I don't, I don't know why, why they call it that, but it is given to the best player and just so happens to be on the best team as well. So – James Harden wasn't the best player in the league last year, in my opinion. I, I say it was LeBron James, but since he had such a phenomenal season, was close second to LeBron James' season, and then happened to be on the best team, that's why he got awarded. So I, I don't think Giannis can win MVP because I think the Milwaukee Bucks will get either uh, a, anywhere from a two, or, two to four seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, so far from the best record in the, in the entire league. And Giannis will have a phenomenal season. Um, with a weaker Eastern Conference, like you said, now without LeBron, a lot of players are going to be playing a lot better, having that confidence and possibly getting that one seed and going farther in the playoffs because they don't have to run into LeBron James like the Toronto Raptors, for example. They get in the playoffs uh, as the one seed. They get to the second round, and they get swept by LeBron James. So I think a lot of players in the Eastern Conference, a lot of stars will have a lot more confidence going into the playoffs and just the regular season in general, knowing that they don't have to face LeBron James as much. So... You know, my early pick for the 2019 MVP, I haven't even decided yet. 
I don't want to say LeBron James because I don't think the Lakers will get a one or two seed in the West. I think that they'll fall to a three seed behind Golden State and Houston. Um, and then in the East, I think the Celtics are the undisputed uh, one seed. I think that there's no doubt in my mind that they, they won't get the one seed um, with that just well-built team. There's so many assets. And then, you know, it, the if Kyrie can stay healthy, the MVP might go to Kyrie. Is he the most valuable? No. But will he be the best player on one of the best teams in the league, the second or third best team in the league? Yes. Um, could it go to even James Harden again? We'll see. Maybe even if, if Stephen Curry stays healthy or if Kevin Durant keeps doing what he's doing, one of those two guys can win it. So I truly don't know. Do I think that LeBron James deserves it every year for being the greatest player in the league? Yes. I, I think that LeBron James deserves it more than anyone and has for the past eight years now. But obviously the NBA cannot they, – they can't do that. They can't give an award to one guy for eight straight years. That just won't happen. So I really haven't wrapped my head around who I think will win the, the 2019 MVP yet. But I, I'm, I'm still deciding. It can be anyone from like five different players. So uh, your, your pick is Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's fair. He'll have a phenomenal season. Um, I, I don't have much to say on that topic. We're going to move on to uh to mellow and the thunder if that's all right yes fine all right so some recent news come up came up about carmelo anthony and the oklahoma city thunder uh, agreeing to part ways at some point this summer so um and, and recently there's been a lot of uh news about the thunder have agreed to let carmelo anthony uh talk with other teams such as the houston rockets los angeles lakers and whoever else um so mellow can you know find who he likes uh, for during a buyout when, so he knows where he's going. Um, the Oklahoma city thunder being very generous by, by allowing that. And, and also, you know, it helps them out as well because they're trying to figure out trade packages for Carmelo Anthony with those teams that, that might like mellow and mellow will and, and be happy going there. And, uh, so any, any thoughts on, on that buzz lately? Well, the thing about Carmelo is that, that the contract is that he, he just wants to make the money. But the thing is, if he goes to Houston, they're with the new contract for um for Capella. You have James Harden's contract, and then you have um Chris Paul's. I don't think you're gonna ma- be able to manage that unless he takes a cap it just to try and win, like win- like it- more winning percentage because he'll go on a better team. But I-, I just don't see it happening with the Rockets just for the fact that they the cap is just too much. Even though he'd probably be the best fit for that. Right. He, he's really worried about his financial security. And we saw one year in New York when everyone thought he was leaving because New York just went downhill uh, after the first couple of years of Melo being there, um, that he, he re-signed with New York because he wanted to up as much money as he could. He, he's really worried about his financial security. And in Houston, he's not going to be able to make $28 million a year like he was receiving in, in Oklahoma City. Uh, I don't think that the Thunder will be able to trade Melo to the Rockets. I think that they'll have to buy him out and Melo will sign a, a, a short deal um, for a lot less money than he, he'll want at the end of the day with Houston. Uh, especially, you know, like you said, with Chris Paul, James Harden contract, and then if they bring in Capella. But there has also been a lot of news about Clint Capella uh, upset with the contract that the Houston Rockets offered him. They offered him a four-year, $60 million deal. He was looking upwards of at least $80 million, wanting $100 million over four years. So Capella and the Rockets aren't in a very good spot there. If he 
uh, isn't accepting of a deal from them, then that leaves some more money for Melo. But at the end of the day, Melo's going to need to uh, to deal with less money than he's looking for because if he if he wants to play for a, a championship contender, like you said, so he's more worried about his financial security than than anything, and and that's a bad thing when it comes to wanting to win. But I don't know, not a whole lot of news about where he's going. Just a lot of team, a lot of news about who he's meeting with, and and I think at, uh, it'll be later in this summer the Thunder are going to buy him out, and he'll sign. We'll sign a smaller deal with the Houston Rockets, um, and that'll help tremendously. I, I said last podcast that he shouldn't be uh, a starting small forward on any playoff team unless it's someone like the Portland Trailblazers or now the Houston Rockets without Trevor Ariza, uh, maybe even uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. But for a championship contending team, I think it'd be a bad, a, a worse option adding Carmelo Anthony. I think that he just – he needs the ball in his hands to be effective. He always wants the ball. He always wants that ISO. And, and like I said, he always wants that money. So I think it'd mess up the whole process if a championship contender added Carmelo Anthony. But in this case now with the Houston Rockets, he would just be another another piece that would just help tremendously if he accepts that lower amount of money, especially, especially now that they got rid of Trevor Ariza. So um, I think it'll all work out great as long as Melo settles for that lesser money. Um not a whole lot to say there as well. Not a whole lot of news about about that buzz that that came up the other day. So, um, unless unless you got anything else, uh, I'm gonna move into yeah. the final topic of the day. Oh, you got you got something else on? Oh that? no, no, I'm good. Oh, okay, okay. So we we end our podcast, or excuse, I end my podcast with the blasphemous comment of the week. Um, and I know we're getting into this pretty early. Not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, NBA free agency kind of slowed down as of recent, um, really just kind of making up our own topics as we go. So today's going to be a short one. We're moving into our blasphemous comment of the week. Happens to be the final topic of every one of my podcasts. And I actually have two today. Uh, first one is by at Kobe is the best. So with that username, you already know what's, what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, I had posted my top 10 players of all time and at Kobe is the best decided to comment his top top five players of all time. Um, and I'll just list them off here for you. So his, his number one is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which I think is already just is ridiculous. Blows me out of the water. Number two, Michael Jordan. I agree with number three, Kobe Bryant, little high number four, Will Chamberlain, pretty high number, uh, number five, Tim Duncan. Oh yeah. He actually, he wrote down his top six, uh, number five, Tim Duncan. Um, that's fair. Honestly, and then number six, he has LeBron James. So I, I personally think LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. Um, Michael Jordan at two for me. I think Kobe and Duncan being that high at the three and five is pretty fair. But Kareem and Will are just way too high. Kareem is, is – if he, if he never won the – is it the six rings and the five MVPs or the five MVPs and the – or the five rings and the six MVPs, whatever it happens to be. If he just had two of each – he wouldn't be considered as, as high as he's considered now. He played for the Showtime Lakers um, when he won most of his rings, uh, if not all of them, if it were five rings. I, I don't know how many rings uh, he won in Los Angeles. I, I always I always get the two mixed up between his MVPs and his rings, whether it's, it's six and five or five and six. But anyway, um, I think if Kareem had two MVPs and two rings by the end of his career, he wouldn't be uh, – 
regarded as or considered the best player of all time, if not a top three player of all time. And if you look at if you look at the numbers, Hakeem Olajuwon is a better center. And and I think if you put Hakeem up against Kareem, I think Hakeem would win, even with Shaq. Now, it is a team sport, so we can't just base things off of you know who would win in a one on one. That determines who's better. But uh, I think that Hakeem overall is, it should be higher up on the list, and then Kareem is the second best center of all time. But yeah, th- this guy just uh, definitely a blasphemous comment. Um, any thoughts on that one, Dylan? Well, in my opinion, I put Michael Jordan at one, just, and then LeBron at two. I know how you said LeBron is the pro- the number one player ever. In my opinion, I only think Michael Jordan is due to him not being the person who's saying I need this player on my team and I need this. LeBron is obviously one of the either either one or two on the all time list, of course. But I don't, I just don't see him at number one. But I really don't see how you put either Kareem or Will in the top five or six. I, I would put Kareem at like 10 or something like that old time, maybe eight at rare, but I just don't see how you do that list. Duncan's okay. Kobe, I, I would put him at like four, maybe a five. I don't know. But yeah, I'll, I'll swap some things around and take some players out. Right. Yeah. The the kind of placing players, uh, all time players into, into one list is very difficult. Uh, different eras they played against different players different positions is very difficult as well so it is a hard list to make um, a lot of times you just have to agree to disagree with with intellectuals but um, it is what it is so uh, the second blasphemous comment of the week I had was at Nadav 997 um, I posted my I think it was my player comparison post between Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook um, this guy decided to comment Donovan Mitchell is even better than Russell Westbrook because <laughs> I, uh, there, you know, a lot of people were saying Kyrie Irving's better than Russell Westbrook. And after looking at all the attributes I put up there and how Kyrie out had outdone Russell Westbrook in most of the categories, um, he decided to go down and comment that Donovan Mitchell is even better than Russell Westbrook. Uh, and his reasoning behind it was that he was able to lead his team farther in the playoffs. Um, as just a rookie. Now that's true, but that alone doesn't make you a better player. There's a lot more, you know, I'm at the same time. The jazz had a better team. In my opinion, Ricky Rubio, Joe Ingles, uh, Rudy Gobert to pair up with Mitchell. Russell Westbrook needs the ball to be effective. He, he needs the offense to run through him. And that's why Paul George kind of wasn't really catching everyone's eye. Carmelo Anthony scored 16 points per game. Um, when, when you see Carmelo Anthony on a team with a point guard that's averaging 10, 11 assists per game, you probably think that Carmelo Anthony is averaging at least 20 points per game, but no, that wasn't the case. Um, it just, Melo doesn't fit, fit well in that Oklahoma City offense. Um, that's why he's leaving. Um, Paul George apparently is, is working on some chemistry with Russell Westbrook. That's why he's staying. So we'll, we'll have to see what they can do if Russell Westbrook can kind of calm down a little bit and work with Paul George so he doesn't scare Paul George out of Oklahoma City, too. So, um, yeah, any thoughts on, on this comment, Donovan Mitchell's better than Russell Westbrook? Yeah, I think that is, like, completely wrong. You can't you can't put a rookie who ha- had a great team behind him. We had Rudy Gobert, Bogdanovich, Ricky Rubio, and many other assets off the bench, and a team where you had Russell Westbrook, who is the number one option, in my opinion, where I would have him. And then you had Paul George, who 
it, the thing is, it's hard to get used to not being the number one option of being a scorer. But he needs to, he'll gain more chemistry as it goes, and they'll share the ball. But I just don't see how you put a t- a player who was a rookie had an amazing year coming out, but still not not talent level of Russell Westbrook being the triple double can do anything on the floor if he's the number one option has the ball in his hand. I just don't I just don't think this is anywhere near right. Maybe in the future, maybe. Donovan Mitchell may be really, really good, but I don't ever see him getting close close to him as Russell Westbrook. Oh yeah, I agree. I think in, in five years, um five years from today, I, I would say that Donovan Mitchell is a much better basketball player than Russell Westbrook is. Just because of age and experience. I think that Westbrook will be either thirty four or thirty five in five years. Uh Mitchell will be twenty seven, twenty eight ish, and and Mitchell by then will be one of the best shooting guards in the league. He already is probably top 10, uh, if not guaranteed a top 15 spot. Um, so in five years, Mitchell is going to be a great player, I believe. Uh, right now, definitely isn't better than Russell Westbrook. Mitchell is is not even a top 25 player in the league right now, but, you know, he's only a rookie. He's going into his second year in the league. I'm not down down talking on, on Donovan Mitchell by all means. I think he's going to be a great player, but you can't go out of your way and say that Mitchell is a better player than Westbrook. Westbrook's a a guaranteed top 10 player in the league, guaranteed top five point guard, and could easily be considered close second, if not first, uh, on the point guard list currently if he was a better leader. I think if and, – and, and his inefficiency is a big thing as well. If if he kind of cooled down his play a little bit, was much more efficient, uh, worked with his teammates much, much better, settled for 25 points per game, snagged those 10 boards a game um, – when the ball comes to him and he doesn't step in front of his teammates, way box out his own teammates. Um, when he doesn't force passes as much, you know, Paul George could easily set up Russell Westbrook for 10 assists a game. Paul George is an elite scorer, but Westbrook, Westbrook forces too many things. And that's why he is so inefficient. And that's why he's such a poor leader. If, if Westbrook were just to calm down and work with Paul George, Russell Westbrook could still easily average a triple double. Um, and then with Steven Adams up and coming, he's still pretty young. He's still improving big guy, uh, really holds it down at the five spot for the thunder. Um, a lot of people forget about him. They, they think just Westbrook and PG, but they still have Steven Adams down there. And I think for the long haul, um, I think Steven Adams is, is happy there. And I, I think, like I said, if Westbrook cools down a little bit and works with his teammates, that team could go pretty far in the playoffs and Westbrook could be considered one or two uh, on the point guard list currently. So um, if if you have anything to say about that, that I just spilled out to you. Yeah, no, I'm good. I think that's all correct. Yeah, so not a whole lot to talk about today. Like I said, uh, pretty slow in the last week after the LeBron James signing, the DeMarcus Cousins signing. Um, hopefully next podcast will be more interesting. Uh, so yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for us today. Uh, thank you listeners for tuning into the, to this edition of the podcast. Uh, if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe and for even more NBA content, follow my Instagram at the N one podcast. Uh, I plan on publishing my next podcast on July 17th where former guest on the blog boys pod, Yanni Eob will be my guest. Uh, so yeah, thank you Dylan for joining me today. You're always welcome on the podcast, my guy. Thank you. Um, also make sure you guys go follow his Instagram at destination underscore scouting where he talks sports stats and analytics, uh, again, at destination underscore scouting. Um, and also stay tuned for his very own podcast coming soon, if I'm correct. Dylan, I think that was you that was 
talk to me about possibly starting up your own podcast. Yeah, I'll see how it goes, and if I if I can get enough if I can get enough th- um, time on my hands to start one, I'll definitely start one. Yeah, definitely. So just stay tuned for that. Um, more information about that will probably be on his Instagram. So uh, make sure you go follow him there. He's got some good stuff. Uh, so yeah, Dylan, I think that'll wrap it up for us today. Had a lot of fun, man. Uh, thanks yep. for coming on. Yep. Thank you for having me. Bye. All right. Peace.